So like Ben mentioned, we've been talking about who is Jesus and how can we follow him and how can we learn from his example. So today I want to talk to you about Jesus, the Good Shepherd. And of course, we're going to start with the most wonderful one of these um, verses in the Bible, Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So we're also another voice verse that I want to um, touch on today where um, Jesus himself says in John 10, 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So studying this for today was kind of like swimming in Molokini or snorkeling in Molokini. So if you ever go to Maui, especially, you can pay to ride a boat from Maui out into this, what used to be an octave volcano, and now the crater is sunken under the ocean. And so you can go, it's large, and you can go in a boat, and then you can jump out of the boat and snorkel. And we saw a shark when we were there. Some people have seen manta rays. <laughs> no, it was awesome. And um, sometimes in February when the whales are migrating, you might see a whale go by the outside. So it's just a spectacular place to go. But if you notice, as you come out from that semicircle to the bottom, it gets very dark blue. It's because there's a drop off there. And so if you swim to that edge, you can see down to the bottom and you can see sand and life and coral on the bottom. And then all of a sudden it's gone and there is just this deep well down there. And that's kind of what studying this was like for me. I was like, oh, I could, I could spend months talking about this with all of you. But tonight we're just going to scratch the surface. We're just going to do beginner snorkeling in the nice safe beach on the sand, maybe a little out further so you might be able to see something a little bigger. <laughs> but I would encourage you, maybe do a study and get into that deeper part of the water. So we're going to talk about some of the main phrases in this verse. And some of them I'm just going to kind of skim over, and some of them I'm going to spend a little more time on. But the first one is, the Lord is my shepherd. Well, this is actually written in the original language like this. The Lord is my shepherd. It is a sheep's declaration of that guy, that shepherd, he's my shepherd. That's what this phrase is saying. And so it's this boast on the part of the sheep that I get to be under him. I get to be shepherded by him. So that's what that first phrase is. I'd, interesting, right? Because a lot of times when I think of this psalm, you think of, oh, the Lord is my shepherd, right? But it's not that necessarily. It is, especially in this first phrase, the idea of an excitement an encouraging fact of who you belong to. Just saying that the Lord is your shepherd doesn't make it so. <laughs> we all have to go through that first step, right, of our salvation prayer and giving our life over to the good shepherd Jesus. 
praying and submitting to his watch and his care. We have to follow, choose to follow the shepherd. And we're going to get into a little bit more of what happens when sheep don't follow. (laughs) But beyond that, when a shepherd buys a new sheep or when a new lamb is born, they tag their ear, right? Have you seen that? Cows and sheep, different, different herds will have different colored tags on their ears. Well, before those were available, they would cut notches like this into the sheep's ears. And each shepherd would have their own notch because sometimes they would bring herds together and that way it was very easy to separate them again. So they are marked by the shepherd. When we say that prayer of salvation and when we say that God, that Jesus is our shepherd, we receive a mark. It changes, it should change who we are and how we live our lives to the point when people see us, they go, I know who they belong to. I know who their shepherd is. So this mark is painful, right? It heals quickly. It's momentary pain, almost like when you pierce your ears. But it is painful, and sometimes that salvation prayer can cause pain, right? It may ostracize us from our families or our friends. We may have to make choices to leave friends because they're not good for us anymore. We may have to make choices that are painful to do this, but we're going to get to why it's good. Why this symbol of belonging to the shepherd is so good. So the next phrase is, I lack nothing. Does that sound good? (laughs) I lack nothing. But it's, I lack nothing I need, not I lack nothing that I want. (laughs) Do you catch the difference, right? I know there have been a lot of times where I find coming out of my mouth, Jesus, I want. And sometimes Jesus is, oh, honey. (laughs) No, you don't. Or not right now, right? But I will give you what you need for today. I will give you what you need for this week, for this year. He will provide what we need in all aspects of who we are as followers and his sheep. Another way to phrase this would be, I shall not lack the expert care and management of the shepherd. Hmm. Think about that. Let me say that again. I shall not lack the expert care and management of the shepherd. Mm -hmm. Our shepherd Jesus is the most wise, patient, loving, kind, gracious, merciful, forgiving shepherd that ever has been and ever will be. And we have the opportunity to be under that expert loving management. The next phrase He makes me lie down. Now, this is where we get into some of the really fun parallels between David, who was a shepherd and knew intimately when he wrote Psalms 23, a parallel that he was talking about his growing up as a shepherd, what that meant, and then his relationship with God and how they two were parallel with each other. So she needs four things so that they'll actually lie down. The first one of these is they need to be free from fear. That makes sense, right? I mean, how many times when you are anxious or worried, you're just pacing, right? 
pacing in your prayers, pacing throughout your day, like you've just got this anxious energy, sheep are the same way. If they are anxious or afraid or worried, they're not going to lay down. Which also means that they don't lay down, that they are not going to produce good milk for their babies. They're not going to be able to get the best nutrition because when they lay down, they chew their cud and they relax and it helps their body absorb nutrition well. So um, First Timothy says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. You all, you've all heard this before, I'm sure. And not of fear and timidity, but of power and love and a sound mind. So a sound mind like this is really an idea of your mind being at ease, at peace, not perturbed or harassed or obsessed with fear and the foreboding of the future. How many of you can identify with that phrase, being there? I definitely can, right? But this idea of God bringing us to a place of laying down is the idea where that battle that goes up in here and here is erased. There may still be things around that could cause us fear and worry, but the shepherd's like, I got it. Just relax. You don't need to worry about those things. And sheep learn that when the shepherd is near, everything's okay. So that's number one of what they need to lie down. Number two is they need to be free of friction with others. So sometimes sheep battle over food, or sometimes there's one that's like, hey, I'm amazing and wonderful and beautiful, and you all are not. And now I'm gonna be in charge and I'm gonna tell you all what to do. And so that sheep will then go up and butt heads with the other ones or bite them or kick them and cause a disturbance. So the shepherd watches for that and he corrects that sheep. We need to remember that Jesus is the one that decides if we get that authority, if we get that notice, if we get that place of being where other people are very aware of us. Our pride can sometimes put us there, right? I'm, ooh, I'm awesome. I'm going to go do this. But it should be from Jesus. Jesus should be the one that allows us to, to do it in a correct way and that we do it with love and grace and mercy with him as the ultimate shepherd. So Jesus will, qu- or <laughs> yes, Jesus but also the shepherd will quickly correct that kind of behavior because it will disrupt the whole herd. God decides what our status is. Getting along with others affects our peace and their peace, right? All right. Number three, no parasites. Right? That's a good thing. So we're going to get into this more, but that's one of the four things that sheep need, no parasites, so that they can relax and be at peace. The last one is free from hunger. Another one makes sense, right? And we're going to go deeper into this one as well. So a good pasture is the result of the shepherd's hard work, right? He's going to go and clean, clean out stones and stumps and all poisonous plants. And he's going to make sure that there's water available to water the fields and to make it really good. Because good grazing equals healthy sheep, equals healthy babies, equals nourishing milk. And if the milk is nourishing, a baby lamb can go from one pound to a hundred pounds in a hundred days, a pound a day. And and they're thriving and they're going to live well. 
God works to pull out the stumps and the rocks and the poisonous plants from us. Do we have bitterness, unforgiveness, discontent, or pride that is in the way? The good shepherd's going to pull it out one way or another if you let him, right? And sometimes that is hard. But it's necessary for our good. It's necessary for us to be able to lay down in peace. He leads me beside the still waters. So early in the year, the sheep can exist on just dew on the grass. They can eat the grass and they get moisture that way and they're pretty good. They're doing pretty good. But as the year progresses and it starts to warm up, that doesn't happen as well. And so the shepherd needs to move the flock from his homestead, from around him where they've wintered, up to higher grounds where there's more water and good grazing. And so he gathers the flock and he starts to drive them up. Because without good water, sheep become restless, and they may start to drink from polluted or parasite-infested puddles, right? So not good. So, um, and also, if sheep go to a source of water that's too fast, their wool gets super heavy when they bend down to drink it. The wool starts to absorb it, and it will pull them into the stream and carry them away and potentially drown if the shepherd can't catch them. So the shepherd has to know where the water sources are and the best water sources for them to be safe and to be refreshed with water. Um, So it's an interesting parallel in the Bible, Jeremiah 2.13. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, right? Like sheep that are like, I'm going to go over here. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. So kind of also like sheep going to a fast river or going to a polluted thing because they're like, I got this. I can, I can take care of myself, right? But the good shepherd said in, says in Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, right standing with God and others, for they will be filled. And also the verse that we, I know a lot of us love in John where he talks about I am the vine and you are the branches and how we need to get what we need from him. So do we let Jesus, the good shepherd, give us the right water, or do we go and try to find it on our own? Do we go to other sources? Do we go to other places, other people to get it? Or do we allow him to do it? And sometimes the shepherd will take the sheep down into deep cisterns, like I just talked about, where it's down in the ground. And sometimes it's a little treacherous to get down there, and it can be very dark, but at the bottom is this pool of safe, clear water that's being fed from a spring. And so the sheep have to trust the shepherd and follow through this dark place, down through treacherous paths, following the shepherd, and then to this beautiful place where they are safe and where they can be nourished from that water. But they can only get there with the shepherd. They can only find that refreshing in the dark place with the refreshing, with, with Jesus. God wants us, Jesus, our good shepherd, wants us to drink from the right things. And in this case, drink means to take in, to accept, to believe. So what are you drinking? What are you taking in? What are you accepting as truth? What are you believing in? Are you, like I said, going to other sources or are you going to Jesus and his word? 
He restores my soul. <laughs> Psalms 42:11 says, "Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God." Well, this downcast is a very specific phrase to shepherds. Downcast or cast down is the way they may also say it. And this is a sheep that has fallen on its back and cannot get up. (laughs) So this is actually one that is cast down. You can see he's like, help me. (laughs) Um, And when that happens, gases in their stomach start to build up because their, their digestion isn't working right, everything. And that can shut down circulation to their, to their legs. And if they stay there, ultimately, they are obviously can be attacked by predators or can die because they can't eat and the gases and stuff that are building up. So this is not a good thing. Being cast down is not a good thing. So fat sheep are the most prone to this. Because as they kind of settle in a hollow and get comfortable, all of a sudden their weight is like, woo, and then over they go. (laughs) And um, so what happens when the shepherd realizes they're a little too heavy? He puts them on a diet. They don't like this. (laughs) Mm -mm. They like being fat. They don't like this, but he puts them on a diet because it's good for them. Have any of you experienced the good shepherd putting you on a diet? Right? When he asks you, no, don't, don't do that. You need to do less of that. That's him preventing you from getting fat and falling over. <laughs> so Revelations 3.17 says, You say I'm rich. I have acquired wealth and don't need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Without Jesus, that's what we are. Right? Wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Um, We cannot do for ourselves what we need to do. So like for us, like sheep, a lot of us like to go to the most comfortable place, right? So that's what happens with the cast down. Another reason is too much wool. (laughs) If they have too much wool, it's heavy. And so we can like this unto old habits or sin that we still continue to carry around, right? Jesus, when we accept the salvation and we are washed by the forgiveness of Jesus, our sins are taken away. But sometimes we're like, I like that one. I still want to do this one. Or maybe I don't want to do this one, but I don't want to invest the work to get rid of it that habit or that sin and it gets heavier and heavier so that's another reason why a sheep can get cast down so what does the shepherd do yes he shears them down they also don't like this and neither do the shepherd does the shepherds it's hard work it's sweaty work and the sheep get held down to have this happen but when it's done they act like lambs and right They're, they're jumping all around and they love it that's the way we feel when sin is done. When we, when we with Jesus' help, the Holy Spirit's help, help get over something, that's the way we feel. I did it. Jesus helped me. I'm free of that. So this thing of being cast down is one of the main reasons why a shepherd counts his sheep. Because as they come in at night, he counts them. And if one is missing, there's a pretty good chance it's cast down. So he secures the flock 
and goes and finds that one. And then he spends time gently rolling it over, talking to it, maybe even massaging its legs to restore circulation, talking to it, and encouraging and helping it until it stands up and is able to walk on its own. That's what Jesus does for us when we're lost, when we're stuck, when things and habits and parts of who we are just get in the way and make us roll over. (laughs) He comes and finds us and sits with us until we're able to go on. All right, paths of righteousness. Sheep are really terrible creatures of habits when they're left to themselves. They will return to the same area of field or grass over and over and over and eat it till it is gone. And they will walk the same path over and over and over, even if it's not a great one, until it's barren and can cause erosion. And sometimes in fields, if sheep are left unattended, they will ravage that field to the point where it may not ever be restored. And when they're left to themselves, this is what they do. Isaiah 53, 6 says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And Proverbs 14, 12 says, There's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Right? The sheep are like, this looks good. This is right. You know, this is what I want to do. But if they continue to do that, it does lead to their death because they will literally eat themselves and what has been provided to them to the point where there's nothing. Beyond that, sheep must be kept on the move and taken to the right places or they establish these habits. So the shepherd will constantly be moving them around from place to place. A long path of righteousness. In the flock... When this is happening and the shepherd is starting to move them, the ones that are outliers of the flock or the ones that start to wander are the ones that are the most danger, right? They get outside the protection of the flock as a whole. They get away from where the shepherd is. They may wander off and fall off a cliff or into something that gets them stuck. They are the ones that are at the most danger of having something go wrong. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way. When we follow him, then we will get to the next place that he is bringing us to. And we won't be at that danger of getting picked off by predators or falling off a cliff. (laughs) The idea of surrender that I talked about a little bit a couple weeks ago means to follow Jesus on his chosen path. Just follow what he's asking you to do. He knows what's good for you. So here we go to the Valley of the Shadow. As summer continues and they're traveling up the mountains as the snow line lifts, the shepherd will lead them up the mountain to a place that he knows is good, but sometimes they have to go through a canyon. And this can be really good because oftentimes the canyons get a lot of the moisture and and run off from above, and so the, the grass and stuff down there can be really good, but... Predators also know that animals come through there, and so they'll watch up on the top of the cliff and watch for animals to come through. And then the animals are kind of trapped in this canyon, right? Or this valley. And so the shepherd knows this, and so he will watch out for predators above, and he will keep the sheep close, 
and keep them there long enough so that they can get refreshed, they can rest. It's usually cooler because it's low, so the sun isn't as bright down in there. And so he's leading them through the valley of the shadow of death. Death is above, but he is down there with them, walking them through and protecting them. That is what Jesus is doing with us. Here's a picture of some sheep going up. (laughs) All right, rod and staff. All right, so the rod is shorter than the staff. It's usually about the size of their arm somewhere, and it's usually has like a club or a knob or something on the end of it. And the shepherd can use that to throw it at a predator if he wants to, or some, um, or hey, knock it off, sheep, you're butting heads with someone else. He's much gentler with the sheep than he is with the predators because <laughs> they're, they're important to him. So we can use it for discipline or if he sees you're eating a poisonous plant, thunk, let me get your attention, <laughs> move you away, right? And so that's one of the things that he does. It's also used for counting. So he's, it's kind of that when I touch you, you're counted as um, to double check, make sure none of you have fallen in a hole and can't get up. And this is where we see this picture in Ezekiel 30, 37, where God says, I will take note of you as you pass under my rod and will bring you into the bond of the covenant. So this is Jesus saying, when I count you every night, I'm saying, come into the place that I have prepared for you. Come into the place of peace. Come be my sheep, my lamb, and I will be your shepherd. I'm counting you as one of my own. I see that notch in your ear. You're mine. So they, when they do that, they come under the authority and the protection of the shepherd, but they also are examined as they go by. The shepherd looks for visible signs of injury or parasites or whatever that he can see. And that's where David says in Psalms 139, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. He's saying... Be the shepherd that looks to see, did I pick up something today? Did I get injured today? Did I do something wrong today that did something bad to myself? Look at me, tell me, and then help me fix it. Take care of it for me. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the paths of everlasting life. Sometimes... God says, sweetie, this, that's the thing that I need you to work on. All right, the staff. This is a shepherd with his staff. You can see it in his hand there. This represents long-suffering and kindness. This is more of a guide. When a new baby is born and if there's a lot of sheep around, he'll nudge the sheep closer to the mom because he doesn't want to touch it because sometimes if the shepherd's smell gets on the lamb, the, the mom will reject it. So he uses his staff to just nudge it closer. Um, Newborns who wander away, sometimes they get lost. Again, he can just gently pull it closer to its mommy. Um, He can guide it through rough terrain. We're like, oh, 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 come back, you know, right? (laughs) Um, Or sometimes because it has a crook on the end, if they get caught in a thicket or something thorns, he can reach in with that and then pull them out without damaging himself and get the sheep out. So Jesus also has tools that are gentle and guiding and good and to protect us and cover us and keep us close. Mm. Prepare a table. So what would you call this? 
this type of topography. Anybody? Mesa, plateau, mesa. So the word mesa means table. And it's actually the same word or very similar in multiple languages, um, which I thought was really interesting. So we talked about the shepherd leading the sheep up the hill. This is what he's looking for. And um, so to do this, though, the shepherd goes beforehand to get it ready. So he, he sprinkles salt and minerals all around so that the sheep are getting the minerals that they need. And um, he chooses the best camp in that area. What's the best place, the safest, maybe near some water or whatever. So where are they going to stay? He looks for poisonous plants and he pulls them out or if they're too big, he can at least be aware of where they are so that the sheep don't get close. And he reopens and cleans streams. So he pulls out rocks and sticks and leaves to make sure that they're flowing and the springs are healthy. And he looks for any kind of predators or where they might hide. So he is aware of exactly what is going on up there and what the sheep need. So this is what this means when the shepherd prepares a table. He goes ahead of us. And he gives us everything ahead of time when we, so that when we get there, it's already there. Now, it's very clear that there's still possible dangers, but the shepherd is aware of them, just like Jesus is aware of our enemy, the enemy of our soul who tries to rob our peace. He is aware of people who are predators. He is aware of circumstances that are predators, and he wants to help us. He feeds us minerals through his word. Right? There's so many parallels to this. All right, anoint my head with oil. So, summertime is fly time. If you've all been to Shinkotigan and Assateague in the summer, you know. Um, so this is the tamest picture I could find because I didn't want you all to run grossed out from the service. So, um, they are prone to issues with flies. One in particular, and I'll say this quickly and mildly, embed the eggs in the nose, the mucous membranes, the larva goes up further into their head. And this can cause blindness or ultimately death. And so when this happens, they may knock their head into like bash their head into a rock or to a tree because it's so excruciatingly painful and weird feeling. And they can kill each other or kill themselves doing this. Um, So in the summer, when or spring when the sheep first start to notice uh, there's flies they may stampede right so the shepherd has to be really aware of the dangers of this and so what he does is he makes his own concoction of oil and sometimes spices and herbs or different things and he smears it all over the head and the neck of every sheep so he anoints their head so that they're not irritated and not in danger of these things And he will do this several times throughout the season to make sure that there's no gaps, right? And God knows the things that irritate us. Jesus knows the things that are just, oh, and he has anointing oil for us. We can go to him every day and say, these flies are bugging me. Put me some oil and spices on my head. Help me with this, right? Um... So this is cute, right? Two little lambs. And this is actually them showing affection for each other. When sheep love each other, they do this, and i got to hurry. Um, but it actually spreads parasites. And it's a certain parasite that is 
really bad and it chose not to show you pictures of this. Makes them lose their wool and skin and it's really, really bad. Um, and again, they have to go to the shepherd to get anointed for this. So this is like when we are around people who maybe don't have the mind of Christ. And we rub heads with them. We talk with them, but we leave with something embedded in us that's not good. And so the good shepherd has to come and say, sweetie, that's not a good thought. That doesn't line up with the truth of my word. Let me take that away. So we need to be careful that the influence is going the right way, that we're not being influenced by lies or half-truths, but that we are influenced by God himself. All right, and then another thing is when fall comes, the rams start fighting over the females. They can literally kill each other or maim each other seriously. So this is one of my favorite ones. He puts that stuff or grease all over their foreheads and horns so that when they hit, they bounce off each other. <laughs> so they can still kind of fight, but it's not going to have the same effect. So we need God to grease our foreheads when we're talking with people sometimes, right? So that we don't <laughs> injure ourselves. He can do that. Um, so think again of, uh, hold on. Here we go. Sometimes we think of Jesus is the shepherd. Maybe not the good shepherd, right? We go through painful stuff, difficult stuff. But the good shepherd's job is to lead us through those things. We can see from Psalms 23, it's not an easy thing to do. But Jesus leads us through it. And sheep may wander off or get frustrated when he corrects them or says, no, we need to go this way. But if they do, they get the benefits of the end. And so this is, we've talked before about mercy and grace, the idea of being tackled by mercy and grace, that God is following us to just dump it on us, right? But here's another way to think of it. Think as people, of people as sheep. These are real sheep, actually. They're super cute. Um, they are the most destructive livestock, like I talked about before. But if they are cared for, they are the most beneficial livestock. Their manure is the best balanced of all manure. Uh, they go naturally to the highest place to rest, which means that from their manure, it will run off to the lower places. So it, it also fertilizes the high places as well. Um, and they eat a large variety of plants that other animals won't touch. They provide meat, milk, and wool. And in ancient literature, sheep were called those with golden hooves because they were so special and so important. And when they're cared for, they leave the place they are in better than when they left. Not only does mercy and grace tackle us, but if we let it affect us, when we leave a situation, a, a place, we have the opportunity to leave it better off than when we arrived. It's also another way that we can look at this mercy and grace following me. It's something I'm leaving behind me as a trail. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I always thought of this as heaven, right? But I realize that it's also the idea that Life is not perfect. Life is difficult. But I have the choice of following the shepherd, being under his care, being under his tabernacle, and that I can be in his house, his care, not just in heaven, but now on earth. 
So once fall comes and snow starts to happen, the shepherd leads them back down to his ranch for the winter. And so in the cold and in the the nasty temperatures, he gives them a place of safety. He gives them a place of shelter. And heaven is this place where, where God's presence is unhindered by sin. But here on earth, it's not that way. But Jesus is with us on this journey, taking us to safety in the darkness. In John 10, we see Jesus referring to us as sheep. And he says, my sheep know me. Do you know Jesus? Do you know what the Bible says about him, his intentions, his thoughts, his actions, what he asks us to do? He also says that my sheep know my voice and says that they know my voice so well that if someone else comes and speaks to them, they're going to run because you're not my shepherd. Do you know the voice of Jesus well enough so that when someone says something to you that's not true or a negative thought that has been chasing you in your life comes to your mind or you're tempted that you're like, that's not the voice of my Savior. That is not my shepherd's voice. And you run. Do you run from something that is not your shepherd? Do you know the voice of your shepherd? How well do you know your shepherd? Can you boast, the Lord is my shepherd? So how do we respond today? Study this further. I told you, it's so deep and so rich throughout the whole Bible. Study it further and see what God might say to you. Consider, are you actually submitted to the shepherd? Are you willing to follow him knowing that he does know best? Ask Jesus to help you on this, right? Mm -hmm. He will help you. This is the kind of prayer that Jesus answers. Mm -hmm. There is never a no to this request. Jesus, help me follow you. Mm -hmm. Ask Jesus, where am I struggling with this? Right? Let him examine you, like I said with that Psalms. Jesus, where am I struggling? Where am I wandering off? Where am I allowing sin to come? Let him examine you and tell you. And... Choose to trust him. Believe that he is a good shepherd. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to pray today to close this up. Ah, Jesus, thank you for being the good shepherd. Mm -hmm. God, this has been such a life-giving verse scripture to me this week. Or even in the midst of feeling so many things emotionally and physically, that to know that you are with me in it and that you are leading me onwards to something different and that you've got everything I needed, that you have a plan and a purpose. This isn't just a let's wander, but you have gone ahead. You have prepared and you are leading me there. My God, I just ask that this week this message would soak into us. Help us to trust you, the Good Shepherd. In the name of Jesus, amen.